Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Thursday the 16th of January. Coming up, mum suffers three heart attacks in a week. I kept thinking I'm 30 years old and I've had a heart attack. I kept laughing it off like... This is so weird um, because I've never been ill before. Babies talk sign language before they can speak. These children are learning signs that will be a skill that's useful later on in their lives in terms of making um, deaf people feel more included. And hear from the Kent teenager who's quit college to be a social media star. There's a constant worry that TikTok's going to die out, but that is why we're all kind of trying to push our following onto other platforms. Kent Online News. A Hern Bay mum who suffered three heart attacks in a week at the age of just 30 has spoken out to try and raise awareness of the rare condition that caused it. At one stage, Rose Murphy was given just a 10% chance of survival after it happened in November 2018. She was later diagnosed with spontaneous coronary artery dissection, or SCAD, which occurs when a tear forms in one of the heart's blood vessels. It's more common in women who've recently been pregnant, as that's when arteries become weaker. Rose has been telling us more about her story. I kept thinking I'm 30 years old and I've had a heart attack. I kept laughing it off like this is so weird um, because I've never been ill before and then it started to get worse through the days I started. That evening I started to get really unwell and I was laying in bed and my heart rate was at 120 um, and that was just laying in bed when it should be 60 for my age, maybe 80 and I thought that's not right so the anxiety set in which probably didn't help and it just I just didn't feel very well I could feel something inside me saying I'm not well they gave me uh, they turned around to me and said that they were going to send me from angiogram which stressed me out quite a bit because I don't like needles I'm petrified and I don't like any operations Uh, so they did send me for an angiogram and it came back that I had a small tear on my LAD and it was small enough to put a stent, but they weren't going to stent it due to it being scad. It can heal on its own because of my age. So I was told to take aspirin and heart medication, and I was sent home and told to rest. And I didn't feel very well when I got home. I was quite confused. Um, it was a lot to take in. It was sort of, they couldn't give me much support because obviously it's such a rare condition. They can't give you leaflets on it because there's not, there isn't leaflets. They're still researching into it. And then a couple, uh, the second night of being home, I had another heart attack. I told my husband I don't feel very well. My jaw locked. Um, and I told him to ring 999. He said, don't worry, you're just panicking, calm down. And I said, no, I'm having a heart attack, um, which I did. It, then the ambulance crew turned up. It was the same ambulance crew that actually turned up on my first one um, and said, yeah, we'll take you in. I didn't qualify for Ashford, so I went to local one, which was Margate again. And they turned around to me and said, you've, you've having a heart attack, we get the bloods checked. Um, and at this time, the second time around, it was the most, it was painful. It was like someone hitting me with a hammer straight into my chest. I had no control over it. Um, couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't breathe, Um, I was shaking, laying in bed, the pain just carried on and they were giving me medication, it was just not doing anything, morphine, they were just trying to make me as comfortable as I could be and I couldn't so I got moved into the resuscitation area and 
I remember listening to a woman next to me complaining that she couldn't breathe and that she was panicking and that's when it started to sink in, this is serious, this is, I'm really not well and I couldn't, I couldn't see what was going to happen, I thought why has this happened to me again, I thought they dealt with it, uh, it was just confusing, I thought I'm not going to see my children grow up, I, I'm actually going to die, I'm not going to make this because they kept saying to me it's a rare condition, it's, it's dangerous, it's, called, it's actually called the widow maker because it's it does take a lot of young mums on the first heart attack. They don't survive it because it just tears, the artery wall tears off, blocks the artery. It's not a blood clot that you can move. It's stuck in the artery. So luckily my blood forced it out the way, um, which, you know, that was lucky. I don't know why I'm so lucky, but I'm grateful. And then for 16 hours, I... Start, I went into a state of I just kept my eyes shut and just took on the pain and it was horrendous. For, I just thought I was going, they stuck GTM in me, I could hear everyone going, I couldn't talk to people, I could hear people and they were just saying why is she laying there, why is she not talking. Um, my mum knows a lot of information on the heart, she kept saying my blood pressure's high. Uh, I didn't see a cardiologist straight away. There was, I, I probably went in at 10 o'clock and I didn't see a cardiologist till nine the next day, but they're very busy and they knew I had SCAD, so they were monitoring me. And then I just laid there for the day. They said they're gonna get me in for an angiogram the next day. They needed to stabilize me. So I did, I, I spent the day and the night, that night just in bed, not talking. I couldn't move my hands at this point, I'd become from a point of walking to unable to get out of the bed. So people had to get me out of the bed to help me to the toilet. They were, I couldn't lift my arms above my head. I've become completely disabled. And that was quite a shock how, how quickly I was going down. I had people feeding me because all I knew is that I had to keep my energy up to fight this off. Um, they sent me for my angiogram, which I, I was absolutely, scared to like on the way and the ambulance crew were amazing keeping me calm because I was I had I kept thinking I've got to keep my heart rate down I've got to stay calm all the time so to take on this that I've got this illness can stress a lot of people out if I got stressed out it would kill me if I worried about it it would kill me so I couldn't think too much about it I couldn't I just had to go with the flow and I didn't like that that I was being pushed into things that I didn't want to do or because I'd gone from walking and having a normal life and then a couple of days fighting for my life. So it was like being in a car accident. It was within a split second, my life had completely changed. Then they gave me the angiogram and as they, the, they put the needle in, um, I watched the screen and my LAD had completely gone. It was not on the screen. I looked at the doctor and I said, that's not meant to be like that. He said he needed to make a phone call and before he took the um, needle out of my arm, he made that phone call, got my mum in so she understood what was happening and what was gonna happen from now. And I understood that that was not meant to be like that. I could see on the first one. So they took the needle out. They said, we're gonna prep you, get you to London. Um, I came out, had a cup of tea and I said to my mum, I don't feel well and I felt everything just draining out of me and like I was going to be sick and my heart started to race, started to flutter 
Uh, I started to feel dizzy. I said, I don't feel well. The doctor was, he came out of the room, came straight to me, said, right, morphine, start stabling her, and that was it. it. My heart started just trying to get out of my chest. I actually felt like I was in the film of Alien where it bursts out. It was just hitting my chest. It had become so tight. Um, I could hear people. I was begging. I was saying, stop the pain. Um, it was just, I could not explain. When you're having a heart attack, you know after it just there are no words for the pain that I felt it was horrible it felt you know you to the point where you sort of you want the pain to leave you you're not going to make it and it's it's setting then I'm not going to make this one that is it and they moved me um to the new cardiac unit which the people in there were amazing they they know it's a rare condition they're not sure how to look after it um, or deal with it or how to stabilise you completely because it's such a rare condition. You go to university, they teach you about the heart, but it is one to the side that they are still researching and don't have enough information on to explain to other people. So I then was in that unit, uh, the pain increased, I, my whole body kept moving on its own. It was just not dealing, I kept getting hot, uh, which the photo online, that is actually me and my third heart attack. My mum took it, she took photos throughout just to show me she wanted me to survive it and wanted to have uh, document how I was changing, you know, how fast I was going down. And uh, then we, um, they, my husband came in and my uncle, my dad, I couldn't see them, I could only hear them. and. They didn't, not many of them spoke. My husband got very upset because his dad died of heart attack. Um, and I thought, I'm going. I'm in the same area that his dad died in. I'm not going to make it. And we said goodbye. And I asked my, my mum came with me and said she's going to stay with me the whole time. Um, they had to get more morphine for the ambulance journey because they don't carry a lot. And they needed to keep me awake. So when I got into the ambulance, they kept waking me up. I didn't, I just was, they needed to keep me alert because I kept going in and out of consciousness, the pain, all I could hear was the water um, because it was raining and they were going really fast. So that's all I could hear on the wheels, but it was just painful and I kept begging my mum, don't let me die, I want to see my children, I want to see my children. And when I turned up at London, they, they moved me from the bed, I, I couldn't move at all. I then laid in the bed for the week, not being able to move and the ambulance crew came back to see me, that had taken me for my angiogram and said, they don't know how I'm still alive. They said they saw me on my third heart attack, they saw the readings and they didn't think I would still be there and they said it's amazing and great and they, they were happy that I was alive and I think it's just been a complete horrible journey because I then realised that I, my LAD had torn completely, I'd lost function to the lower bit of my heart they couldn't see it, so I kept having to have CT scans, MRIs, um, which was stressing me out, which was, I was scared I was going to have another heart attack. Um, and they just were amazing in London. I had a person, it was one-on-one, -on -one, so they stayed with me. The doctor actually sat down and explained what was happening. And I thought, all I thought in my head was, if my heart fails, I'm in the best hospital to have a heart operation.
that they are going to save me. Rose is now living with a permanently damaged heart and is working to raise awareness of SCAD. She's also urging women to get themselves checked if they have symptoms like chest pain. Kent Online reports. Police say they're looking for a large knife and want to hear from two men who may have information after a man was stabbed to death in Gillingham. It's thought they may have witnessed an argument between a group of people. On the same day, Anthony Eastwood was killed in Fox Street last month. A 17-year-old boy is due to go on trial, accused of murder in June. A Faversham woman who went on the run for 10 months after running an illegal dumping ground has been jailed for 30 weeks after handing herself in. Lucy Mead's dad and sister were convicted last year after the Environment Agency found 135 lorry loads of waste being dumped and treated on land in Herne Hill between 2014 and 2016. The 27-year-old who owned part of Thurwell Farm went missing during the trial and was found guilty of breaking environmental law in her absence. Kent Online News. A Sheppey teenager who scammed an elderly Medway woman out of £14,000 has been locked up for 16 months. The 85-year-old was visited by someone claiming to work for the police who told her she needed to pay court fees to get back money she'd previously lost to rogue traders. 18-year-old Benjamin Lee from Flanagan Avenue in Queenborough then turned up and took her to withdraw the cash. He admitted two counts of fraud by false representation. A man's been arrested after a van was allegedly driven at pedestrians in New Romney. Police were called to reports of a disturbance in the high street on Tuesday. A 48-year-old from Tenterden has been released on bail after being questioned on suspicion of assault and dangerous driving. A company director who tried to steal £400,000 from an insurer has avoided being sent straight to jail. Edward Camborne de Lucy tried to bypass his policy's limit when he made a claim for 157 damaged display screens that his firm had provided to a sports club. The 44-year-old from Hazel Street in Stockbury has been given a suspended sentence and ordered to pay £40,000 in compensation and court costs. Babies in part of Kent are being taught sign language to help them communicate with their parents before they're able to talk. Organisers say it's not just children with hearing problems who can benefit from learning how to sign. Little ones who can't yet speak properly are now able to tell their mum or dad if they're hungry, tired or need a new nappy. Deborah Hart is from Tiny Talk, which runs in Canterbury, Whitstable, Ashford and Faversham. We use um, British Sign Language signs at Tiny Talk, so they are the official signs that the deaf community would use. Um, and the benefits of that going forward is that the, these children are learning signs that will be a skill that's useful later on in their lives in terms of making um, deaf people feel more included, um, making language itself feel much more um, of an inclusive thing. Everybody can communicate together. Um, lots of primary schools and nurseries and things are all using sign now as well, so it just kind of makes sense for much younger children to use it as well. But yeah, absolutely, it's not just for the hard of hearing. Um, we have, I would guess, probably about 80%, 85% of our children who attend have absolutely no hearing impairment at all, but all benefit in amazing ways from using the signs. It helps amazingly with their um, just understanding of each other. I mean, how many times have a parent kind of said, like, why are they crying? Like, what's wrong? Um, and a child who can't use signs can't tell you what's wrong. They are literally just going to cry or have a tantrum. Um, so for these children, you know, they're, they're able to explain to their parents, you know, I'm hungry or I'm tired or I need a new nap.
nappy or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, so in terms of understanding, there are just huge benefits. Um, and because I, someone said to me the other day, you know, the fact that I just spend one-on-one -on -one time with my child, um, just just enjoying their company in terms of the classes. Um, obviously, lots of what we learn here um, gets taken home and gets used there in the home environment and with a wider family context as well. Um, so yeah, there are just so many benefits in terms of bringing families closer together and, and developing their understanding of each other. We started running classes just for newborns um, in this area about a year ago and um, those are for babies under 12 weeks old. Um, the classes themselves are aimed at parents predominantly because obviously the, the tiny babies are sleeping lots of the time. But then as I say, those parents take home the signs and use them um, at home and in their regular routine routines and I've known babies um, as young as eight weeks old make particularly the milk sign it's a really common one um, obviously parents get lots of practice of using milk sign um, when their babies are really little so yeah um, it can happen really young generally the average age is kind of I guess anywhere from four months six months it's the same as when will my baby walk you know they might walk at eight months old they might walk at 20 months old you know there's a, a, a big range there um, but yeah the, first of all you're looking for babies to respond to the signs that the parent makes so that's the first stage we've been doing this for a long time and word of mouth gets around um, we see loads of parents coming back with subsequent children you know people arranging working hours around coming to classes because um, they just want to give that child that head start um, so yeah we've been we've been going for a long time we've got classes all around Kent. Um, we have got some gaps though in different areas so at the moment we are looking for people um, who want to join the team and run some classes in different areas of Kent so that um, we can open out what we do to a, a wider audience. Kent Online reports. A strewed man's been ordered to pay more than £800 after an energy drink can was thrown from his car. A police community support officer spotted a female driver do it when travelling along Abbey Road in the town in May. The owner of the car, 39-year-old Neil Smith, from Laybourne Road was taken to court and fined after failing to provide the woman's details. We're being warned not to overload our dishwashers after one call to light in Dover. Firefighters were called to the close yesterday evening and managed to put out the blaze. It's thought to have been caused by a fault in the appliance. A teenager who has almost 300,000 followers on TikTok has dropped out of college to make content full-time. The social media app allows you to make videos of up to 60 seconds and has been downloaded more than 1.5 billion times since it launched in 2017. Ronnie Warwick from Rochester has been using it since August to make what he describes as relatable British comedy. But despite securing brand deals and earning money, he's worried it might be short-lived. That is a big scare to a lot of TikTok creators, a lot of my friends. Um, we're all worrying that TikTok's going to die out soon because, I mean, lately there's, there's been a few moments where views for a lot of people um, will be down. So, I mean, you know, uh, I'd say it was a few weeks back. I usually, I'd post a video and in the first one to two minutes, it will have between a couple hundred or a couple thousand views. I posted a video and it was up for about half an hour and it had only got 62 views. Um, and it was at that point everybody started messaging in this group chat, you know, saying, like, what's going on? Anyone else's views down? And that was quite a big scare for us because it's not just, you know, I'm not the only one that's kind of left college to 
carry on with the TikTok. Um, there is a worry. There's a constant worry that TikTok's going to die out. That that is why we're all kind of trying to push our following onto other platforms like Instagram and YouTube mainly. I'm constantly trying to um, boost my following on my Instagram. Um, so I'll do live videos almost every night and, you know, I have followers on there that don't already follow my Instagram and I'll say, hey, look, if you don't already go and follow my Instagram, you'll get all updates on meet and greets and events and stuff like that there. Um, and then through that, I've been able to grow a larger following on Instagram quicker. Um, as for YouTube, I, I think I've posted three videos on YouTube already. Um, and I've not, you know, it's my bad, I've not promoted that as much as I could have. Um, I, it, they seem to be doing okay. Um, but, you know, earning from YouTube is mainly through monetization, And it takes a while for YouTube to accept you to monetize your content. With TikTok, um, earning money is, it's completely different. You can't monetize your content. Um, it's mainly through brand deals, campaigns, stuff like that. I've had a few brand deals come in. Um, I am working with Boohoo Man. Um, they will provide me with clothing and it's just a matter of me, you know, tagging them whenever I wear their clothes in a video or I'll tag them if I do an Instagram post wearing their clothes. Um, I've had some other campaigns with uh, some apps, some companies, and I just kind of, I need to, you know, with these campaigns, it's very different with TikTok because they will, you kind of need to make it like one of your own videos. It's all good them saying, oh, we want you to do this in this video, but it may not work too well with our audience. So yeah, campaigns, they do come in quite regular, but then, you know, sometimes there's dry patches when all, like, you know, brands and agencies, they're not particularly looking for any influencers to promote at the minute. Kent Online News. We're being reminded to ask for the Coast Guard after dialing 999 if there's an emergency along the Kent coast. It's after research by the emergency service found more than half of us here in the southeast don't know who to call. A picture has gone on display at a museum in Canterbury to encourage people to use art as a way to tackle dementia. The charity Arts for Dementia has launched the piece at the Beanie and it'll be going on tour around the UK. It comes as GPs can now refer patients to weekly art programmes with others going through the diagnosis process. It's thought around 600 people are told they have the condition in Kent each year. And plans for Kent's first electric go-kart track in Gillingham have been approved. A 300-metre-long multi-level track is going to be built at the Medway Distribution Centre. It's thought it will create 25 jobs. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.